Hello, hello, welcome to 2023, the year more things happen and hopefully we survive. I am your host, Duncan Idaho. For tonight, I'll be running the crew of the USS Reliant through some adventures. So, starting off, let us begin by introducing Chorog, our security officer. Hello, everyone. Pirate Scum Gaming here. I am the resident security officer on Reliant, Chorog, the pirate exchange officer, newly promoted and eager and ready to blow something up. Hey, we then have our man out of time and scientist, D.B. Wells. Hi. I'm 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 Daniel. I'm here. Science. Hey. And for additional science, we have our chief medical officer and acting shipboard captain Eli O'Connor. You must swab the poop deck. Stop laughing. I'll never stop laughing. And we have our con officer, Cara June Running. Hey, I'm Jerry. I'm also Cara. And we have our chief engineer, Rick Tier. Greetings, all. And don't forget, if you want to email us, email us at reliant at starbaseugc.com. That's reliant at starbaseugc.com. Reliant at starbaseugc.com. And yeah, we've just fully uh, devolved to a 90s commercial for that. Anyway, uh, we cut to the USS Reliant in dock at Starbase Magellan, still in a little bit of limbo with regard to the captain. Starfleet is still reviewing the uh, events that led to his temporary leave, and there hasn't been a whole lot of updates about that. The crew's just milling about, trying to make the best use of time possible, upgrading the ship, running through additional drills, security maneuvers, reviews, diagnostics, more diagnostics, and more diagnostics. Starting to wear a little bit, but at the same time, Starbase Magellan is starting to liven up a little bit. It's becoming more and more a little exploration hub to the galaxy as... Well, both Alliance or Starfleet crews and a few Republic crews have taken to developing it, and there are some civilians as well um, servicing the facility at this time. In addition to, of course, our little uh, Ryuthian friends who are uh, helping to maintain the station still and uh, may, uh, comprise a large presence on the station. We cut first to Rick Tier. Um, so, so Rick is just going through, um, some personal files, um, through engineering and the crews, um, he's primarily, um, cameras looking down, looking at, uh, survival training status, expires in two days, expires in one day, um, as he goes looking over all the, all the, um, all, all the all the personnel files, and uh, he, he taps his badge, uh, Rick Tier, to Acting Captain O'Connor. O'Connor. Uh, Captain, uh, we are getting to a point where we should really um, renew our survival training um, accreditation. Uh, I've got um, I've got some programs aboard the um the holodeck here that we can run to to re uh accredit primarily our, our um main staff uh in survival situations. 
Alright, yeah, that sounds good. Alright, um, so it looks like pretty much, um, pretty much everyone, yourself included, um, I've actually done my, done my training accreditation, so that's all, all, um, I, I don't have to do it, but, uh, I, I am, um, authorized to run, um, accreditation for the rest of the crew, um, so if, um, we um set aside a date say uh tomorrow morning we could um get get the uh, bridge crew down and uh run through a, a training scenario very well make the uh necessary changes to the duty roster to accommodate this all right i'll uh i'll uh, send uh updates to everyone uh Rick Tier out and that uh Rick Tier goes out and uh, a couple hours later um, uh, Kara, um, Eli, uh, Chorog, even Daniel, um, all get, all get, um, survival, uh, training, um, notifications for, uh, the next day, uh, about, uh, say about 11am in the morning to meet at, uh, Holodeck, uh, 2 aboard the, uh, Magellan. Kara sends back a reply that says simply, thank you for the mercy of not waking us up at 4 a.m. at least. Are there any scenes that anyone wants to do before uh, moving on? I had myself muted. Um, uh, I'll just say that Lieutenant Tardigrade is currently eating a big bag of gummy bears. Tell me not that they're not the sugar-free ones. I was going to say, tell me they're not the ones that have the THC. <laughs> No, they're just sugar gummy bears. So he's just eating gummy bears, just oh, one by one, staring at a wall. He's quite bored. I was going to say, are you sure these aren't the THC ones? Checkers is eating the THC ones in his <laughs> office. This is now kidding. And probably staring at the wall the same way. The bees, I can see through time with them. Uh, but yeah, John's just chilling out. A little, little mysterious, but... Yeah, that's just what John's doing. Marcus is, in the meantime, is reading and sets his inner quarters, just trying to tidy it up while also just sort of being on leave slash downtime. Uh, so yes, sets are all. Uh, you, you can have sets are all. Um, uh, John come uh, as well. Um, I'll have John do it, um, just because I, I think that'll be a little bit funnier. In it. <laughs> All right. He needs to work off the gummy bears. <laughs> All right. So the next day at ten o'clock, uh, Rick Tier is is standing out in front of of uh, Holodeck Two aboard Magellan, uh, a uh, large pad almost ha being held as as a clipboard. Um, as he goes over, as he uh, looks down uh, and waits for people to arrive. John waddles in, holding his bag of gummy bears. Kara shows up just a little bit later in the expedition outfit. Chorog wanders in, in his usual attire, while simultaneously finishing putting together a destructive pistol. Eli enters in the same outfit he was wearing during the camping episode with the Wendigo. Ooh. Daniel arrives last because he got lost again, wearing a recently, finally, uh, fixed, a finally fully fixed and operational uh, space suit. <laughs> Great for camping. 
Well, I even thought we were going to do from like, you know, alien planetary survival training. You must be prepared for all things. Indeed. What if the planet just suddenly vents atmosphere? I was going to say, if you have to carry that suit around, you're probably pretty prepared for a hike. Oh no, he's, he's, he's wearing it. Yeah, it's still heavy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, well that looks like everyone is here. Thank you for coming. Um, so, um, uh, I've activated the program. Just head in. Um, get a good, good sense of, of the layout. You'll be entering a village. Um, and get an idea of the layout, and there will be a scenario randomly chosen from uh, a number of options there um, that will take place in, in, in the area. And um, then, uh, but before that happens, you'll have a chance to um, get supplies and sort out anything you would generally possibly need. Uh, in addition to whatever you're bringing with you, basics right now. Kara, John raises a hand. Oh, Cargo. Kara just reaches back and scratches behind an ear and says, "This doesn't sound like the survival training I'm used to." Uh, John raises a hand. Um, um. So is is this going to be a fantasy village? And if so, is is it like are they are we going to get weapons? And oh, uh, can, can we fight a dragon? I want to fight a dragon. Waves his game of beers around. Uh, this is um, the scenarios are based off Saw mythology. So if you want to say this fantasy, there is. I'm not going to say there isn't a chance. I'm not going to say there is. You'll just have to. Um, it just depends on the um, on the uh, on the. Um, I can't find the right word right now. On the. Uh, exact mission that you're given. Scenario. Scenario. Kara just reaches up and massages her forehead ridges slightly with a pair of metal fingers and says, here I thought we were going camping. And then she steps through the door. Um, the, the, the holodeck doors open to reveal, well, what is pretty much a winter, uh, winter village. Um, Snows uh, like about uh, three inches on the ground. Um, wooden wooden huts, houses. Um, um, the the center it's like one uh, one center main main road that's been sort of swept, kept cleared. The sun is actually out and shining, but it's but you can actually feel feel the cold. Um, the the chill in the air, the the wind's calm. There's no no clouds in the sky. It's just a, a bright, sunny but bitterly cold uh, winter's day. Um, there is uh, up ahead. You can see um, see uh, some shops. Uh, there are um, there, there's like this little uh, raised dais center at center that that seems to be the center of the village uh but that's all fr uh frozen over with ice and snow um you can clearly see plumes of of light smoke coming out from each of the buildings uh as there's some kind of fire uh that's happening uh inside that that seemingly made uh like 
kept separate from the rest of the the, the wooden and stone construction, um, and it's it's all calm before the storm, so to speak. Um, to the north, by the sorry, I need to, to actually also to the north. You can just see past some buildings. There's this uh, like snowy forest that sort of um, starts to spread out to the to the east. There's this huge, uh, there's this mountainous range that, um, that, 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 you know, sort of runs, runs, uh, beside the, beside the forest and then right down, um, from north to south, uh, there's, uh, towards the south, there's this, um, um, just a, an open plain with, with the road that you're going on just sort of continues down that way. And to the west is just sort of um, gentle rolling hills. So that's the general environment. Um, your clothes, um, apart from the, even uh, DB Wells is, is well insulated. So he, he's not feeling the cold, but um, for, for most of the rest of you, it is a bit chilly. Although John is adapted for the vacuum of space, he's probably fine. Yeah, John's probably fine. <laughs> he goes running off to one of the huts trying to find a suit of plate mail uh, su- uh, fi- uh, suitable for a tardigrade. There, there is. Um, uh, and um, all, all, the, all the people there, um, you, you, the village is pretty active. And uh, it's pretty clear that there's there's a tap of, um, of, of blacksmiths, you know, um, me, uh, manipulating some molten metal, and um, and they're actually just uh, as John approaches, they're actually just finishing up some touches for him, as as um, the last the last uh, bit of the helmet's just sort of straightened. It, and set up uh, before being dunked into um, an almost frozen bucket of water. John looks with absolute fascination and wonder at the scene. So it's sort of that weird mix of hot and cold in the same sort of close environment that you that you see in that um, that was in the um, uh, within Star Trek Online in that uh, first time you meet Carlos. Kalis's clone uh, on that ship. Green coal plus Klingon fire, um, as I said. And, and John, they start to assist uh, helping John uh, into his new set of, of quite uh, heavy armor. Um, John also requests uh, for his mighty weapon, he wants a hammer. Not like a, a war hammer, just like a hammer. Um, so he gets a sledgehammer. <laughs> Needs a sledgehammer, one-handed, so he can go whack, whack, whack. Uh, it, it is, it is a smaller sledgehammer, but it is, uh, it is, it is definitely style in that way. Um, once uh, John gets his accoutrement and his mighty, um, great hammer of whackingness, he proceeds to simply uh, run around the village, giggling and eating gummy bears, and trying to pay people in gummy bears. Or the work they have done for him. Well, all that's going on. Kara's probably looking around for either a Federation shuttle or a supply supply crate or something she would recognize. 
Uh, give me uh, insight, um, security or command. One success, one complication. So there isn't a a Starfleet uh, recognizable clear thing that's Federation, but there is uh, what does seem to be a a, um, a stockpile of of um, generic items, um, things from uh, like climbing equipment, um, tinder boxes, um, just sort of all these different things um that could be in any way useful in a in a cold environment um however they're all sort of currently frozen together so you'll need to figure out a way to uh release them from their ice uh prison um before you can actually use them Kara puts two fingers in her mouth and whistles shrilly john John scuttles over very excitedly, and he he, he raises up a hammer. He's like, car, 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 car. look, 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 it's a hammer. Want to try it out? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, uh, roll, roll a uh, daring security check for John. He, I've not updated his stats in a long time, so we'll see how this goes. Oh. Successes! <laughs> Okay, so you are able to, with uh, John's able, with one single strike, just sort of um, cause the um, the frozen block to just shatter into to a million pieces. Each individual thing, yeah, is um, is it, it is um, is is pretty much accessible now. It's it's there's still a bit of ice on it, but nothing you can. Uh, that that's going to take any real effort to to clear off. Thank you, John. She gives him a pat on the head, and Kara goes over looking for a nanofiber insulated jacket, or failing that, at least a jacket. Uh, so you do get um, there. There is definitely some kind of jacket that doesn't look like a nanofiber jacket, but it definitely um, from your your feeling. Uh, uh, from the experiences, it's as effective as a, a nanofiber jacket would be. Any port in a storm. She puts it on and offers one each to Eli and Chorog. Eli's definitely taking it. Chorog passes as he sees a tanner and a furrier off in the distance. He's going to go look for himself for a uh, nice warm fur cloak. Alright, um, give me... Let's go do an insight command. All right, you get uh, 6 and 18, which is one success. Um, you find a Fourier, and there is there, there is a decent, um, a more custom-designed uh, uh, outfit. It does, from your, as you start to feel it, it feels as good as uh, the standard Federation stuff. It's not... It, it 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 it's not more effective. It's not least effective. It's eff- just effective. It's not quite as uh, warm as targ fur, but it'll do. Kara looks over. It's very you. That's what I thought. Uh, Daniel goes and tries to find some snowshoes that uh, can be affixed to the bottom of his space boots, 
so he doesn't sink down to the snow as soon as they leave an unshoveled path. There is there is a cobbler that has um, what effectively amounts to to clip on snowshoes. That's um, more adjustable, so it, it it it's available for everyone. Should they? Kara deciding to take the training extremely seriously simply goes with just the coat, figuring that the less equipment she'd have on hand, the more realistic the survival scenario is. She does have with her a short stachak, which is a type of dagger, and her phaser pistol, but that's about it. Alright, is everyone as equipped as they want to be? Let's see, Eli's got the coat, he's got um, the outfit that I posted, um, the belt, probably a knife, but yeah, about everything. I also want to, uh, Daniel also wants to look for some ice picks and rope. Okay. There, it, where, um, Kara was looking at pulling out some jackets before, you do see some, uh, see a, a, a length, a long length of rope and some pittons and other, other gear like that. Um, so you're able to, to collect those easily enough. Alright, uh, someone can, someone roll a d4 for me. Um, actually I will roll since I'll have to use a non-standard, uh, non, well, a non-Star Trek Adventure standard dice. Okay, so, um, okay, so Kara got a four on, on random.org for a, for a die roll of four. So that with that, that is uh, heading south. Um, so um, one of the uh, you, you see a soul sort of run up to to you, Kara, um, giving you an important package. Um, this needs to get to. Um, it, it gives you um, a name. Um, I didn't even think of a proper name for a village. Um, let's go with... Um, uh, yeah, Frosthaven. Let's go with Frosthaven for now. Um, it needs to get to Frosthaven. Uh, it's a, a couple of days travel south uh, along the path. Uh, just with the snow, uh, uh, you know, just... Try not get lost, um, and um, he hands it to you. It's there's there there's someone that is needing of this medicine here. So if you can can make it as quick as possible, but well, who knows what the weather may do? And he looks out to 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 the um, to the sky, and and even though it looks perfectly clear and calm right now. Uh, it's going to be a while, and things might can quickly change anyway. She looks at the kid. Well, just call me Togo, and I'll get it done. She looks and makes sure that everybody is vaguely ready and just starts heading south. John follows. Uh, uh, still munching his gummy bears. As oh. much clinking as... Well, tardigrades have lots of joints, and very small... And he's making lots of noise in his armor. Mm. For for since uh, John decided to get heavy sick armor, um, I will get everyone to make a 
a fitness security role at difficulty two, John will have a complication range of 18 for that. You said fitness security? Fitness security. Kara gets one success, one complication, so she technically fails. Zero successes, zero complications. John gets two successes. Oh, and just so I'm saying it so the viewers know, I've decided that Eli also borrowed Checker's most Nagant because of fun. Alright, so it looks like only... (laughs) (laughs) Only John made this. (laughs) Only John made it. Um, So you hear... So John... Did Checker... Did Charag roll yet? Uh, What am I rolling? Fitness security. Um... I was also, before we left, Daniel also wanted to just look around to see if he could find a vehicle of some kind. Oh, there was not any, no vehicles. Okay. No sled for you. <laughs> you get a, a small sled, attach it to John. I hope there are degrees of failure, because everybody but John has failed. Yes, yeah, so... Know, let's just turn me into a sled, just, just, <laughs> A spacesuit. <laughs> Put the visor down. We'll ride you down the hill. So, so what happens with John is that his um, the armor actually strangely designed to act sort of like a plow, <laughs> and he's he's leading <laughs> first. He's able to to make clear open enough of a path that um. The others behind, um, even those that have failed, um, aren't getting enough waylaid. Um, however, um, about a, an hour and a half into the journey, um, you'll hear this howl, this uh, echoing howl that, that um, spreads across the entire the entire plane as you um as you look around can everyone give me insight security checks i would like to point out after doing this role that you have called for three insight checks and that is my lowest stat no success same does it have to be security can i can we do science for trying to identify this i will allow science what was it so inside science you can do if you want all right, sweet. And one more question: Xeno anthropology, or Z, not anthropology, xenobiology. Zeno, I, I will allow xenobiology to apply. Yeah, I don't know why I was saying anthropology. Well, wow. wolves have culture. Wait, uh, wait, I can use science instead. Yeah, if if you want to use science, you can. Uh, you haven't rolled yet. Well, I would have gotten it either way, but yay! When the howl comes along, Kara just says, "Oh, good, local wildlife." Something tells me that despite what should be true in the wild, they're probably programmed to see us as food. So as as um, so everyone's made their rolls? Yes. Yep. Uh, okay, so it, Daniel sees, sees them first. Um, uh, it is just sort of like a, a shimmer to in movement through the, through the white wasteland. Um, but Chorog... Uh, uh john and uh and uh the doctor do see do take note of um some form at the moment it seems to be 
um, not directly moving forward. It's sort of like more in line with them in the movement as they, they've gained attention, but not, um, they're not, you're not being attacked. Kara decides to go back to her old animal training to find out if there's anything she could do to defuse the situation. She thinks through it. All right, give me a, a reason, uh, science. And I have animal behavior, husbandry, all sorts of things like that as foci. Uh, yep, that will apply. Does it look cat-like at all? It is, it is, um, it's sort of like a half cat-like, half dog-like. So it has some feline traits, has some canine traits. Um, it's a fossa. Uh, Daniel, Daniel uh, lifts his visor up on his helmet and tries, uh, tries uh, just looking at it and doing some slow blinks, trying to use old, uh, trying to use some stuff he knows works on house cats. Make, Two make, successes make, for Kara, by the way. <laughs> make him seem friendly. Alright, so um, Kara does know that um, in, in an environment such as this, where there is sort of limited food and limited um, I mean, it, 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 it's a hot, generally hot environment that um, that there's the possibility that this this creature might turn on them should the circumstances be right. However, if they want to sort of stop things from happening to begin with, then they need to have sort of a demonstration that it is that that they that um that you're fit, healthy, strong, and that you're you're not um, not in a position of trouble, but in a position of strength, and it's, as such, it's going to be too too difficult too difficult for them to take you on. All right, gang, time for a little target practice. Weapons out, lowest stun setting. We just really want to give this guy a couple sore spots so he knows not to mess with us. Daniel says, "Wait, uh, before we start shooting, uh, could I ask John to try something first? John excitedly nods, making lots of clanking noises with his helmet. Now, John, this isn't going to involve the hammer, but uh, do you think you could uh, pop back to town and grab some meat for us to give it and give to it? Um, well, you know, not really, because holodeck is, you know, like a, a room. If I spore jump, like, like to town, I would probably just, like, be in some part of Magellan or space. In addition, I don't think making ourselves look like we have extra things it might be interested in is a good idea. Eli racks around the Mosin and fires it into the air. <laughs> John takes that as a cue, rushes towards the nearest tree with a hammer, and tries to chop it down with the hammer. Alright, uh, give me... If you're going to fire, give me a, a control security. If you're going to hit things with a hammer, give me a daring security. The shot's into the air. It's not aimed at anything. Oh, Just making big, loud noise. Making a bit of that loud noise, and... Um, it's, give me a presence security, then. Wouldn't that be command? Oh, okay. John gets uh, a crit 
and a success. So still using your security training to generate, you know, like appearing to be a threat. So it's going to be a ten or four. One success. With with John, um, the, the the crack of John's hammer against the uh, against the tree, followed up by um, the the rifle round, does startle startle the critter enough, and you see it sort of vanish off um, into the distance under the snow. Uh, it doesn't appear to be paying any more interest in you in you at the moment. Um, now, with three successes, does John chop down the tree? Oh, yes. Um, so, John... Actually, I was going to say, it's like one of those uh, cartoons. He doesn't chop down the tree, but now there's no snow on it anywhere. There's well, Okay, so the snow... Well, first, the snow falls off, but also, like, um, as John hits it, uh, there's, like, a, a spray of splinters coming from the tree. The tree isn't felled, but there's a good chunk of wood that has just been uh, that has just been evaporated from the tree with that strike. Kara smirks. I get it. Cruelty to animals, not cool. Cruelty to plants, just fine. Okay, the the sun uh, continues to go, and it starts to get a bit lower in the sky, which uh, leads you to think, oh. What are we going to do for shelter? This is a flat, open plain. There is no clear caves. No, there's no, there's probably, give me, actually give me a, uh, there's no real trees that you can set up close enough to, like for a hammock or something. How do you want to try and do to set up some kind of shelter? Uh, how deep is the snow? Uh, the snow is um, started to get thicker than it was in town. Uh, it is, uh, we, even with John plowing through it, um, it is, it's about, it's getting to about five feet now. That, that's off the road. Um, if the snow is deep enough, we could probably try to burrow down snow makes great insulation. Yeah, either that or I was thinking we could strip some branches off the tree that John has, you know, messed with there, weave that up and make a lean-to. I don't have a lot of... You first. Uh, If we do end up burrowing in, I could just... I could just lean on the entrance to act as a door. I'll I'll probably be fine in this suit. I don't think we have a lot of daylight to make an igloo. Well, it doesn't have to be an igloo. We can just dig into the snow. It's already... I know, but an igloo would be nicer. I don't think this is about comfort, Eli. John has already started burrowing, but he's also burrowing down into the ground because he's got tardigrade claws. <laughs> well, that's even better. Well, we could take some of the branches from the trees and line the inside of it so it can make it a little bit warmer for us. And any extra branches we can use for fire fuel. Trog hands Carl one of his hands his necklace. Let's go. Get, let's get to work on these branches. Righto. All right. Um. For those guys working on the branches, um, this will be a make it a control. Um, I will allow security or science. Kara gets three successes because on control things she automatically gets a success. So, uh, and uh, can I get John to do a fitness security as well, or fitness science? So I will also allow for John. 
and success. Alright, so John's having a hard time actually digging into the ground. Um, he's able to do a little bit. Um, the ground is just hard, frozen, um, and his claws are just sort of scraping it rather than, you know, getting handfuls of dirt and uh, getting rid of them, but he's able to get at least a little bit. Um, Kara and Chorog oh. are able to um to to make light work of the tree um and just structure it how they how they want to do it getting getting the the bits of of wood just the right size for some for uh some for structure structuring the 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 um the snow tube some for just for um, for wood for fire Trog walks over the armful branch and sees John struggling Hands John his destructor pistol and tells him, John, if you put this on the lowest possible setting, you'll soften up that ground pretty good. Ooh. John holds the disruptor pistol with wonder. Just to make sure it's on its lowest possible setting, you, you don't want to blow you don't want to take blow the ground of kingdom come on a high setting. On nods. So he is going to try using the disruptor pistol to soften up the earth um before he starts digging and use that as a two-stage tunneling system. All right, uh, give me a control security check. This will just be a one, uh, difficulty one. One success. All right, so John does what is needed. There's a light uh, sort of fog come up as, and that, that just sort of vanishes as, as the disruptor pistol starts firing and then sort of a constant... Um, Firing as the as the water gets removed and the ground itself starts to heat up, just that little bit enough for um for it to be um sort of wet but also maneuverable. So it just so, starts to clear things out. So yeah, he's gonna burrow like. He'll, like, burrow down and then sort of make an enlarged area not too far away from the um, surface, even with potentially a little chimney in there as well, um, kind of making a little little interior dome um, that would be comfortable for all of the crew. All right, so John does it looking at um, just sort of the, the making sure that it's not going to fall in on itself. Um mm. And and with that, with the, with the wood from Kara and Chorog, with the disruptor pistol, you're able to make yourself some reasonable shelter. Hey. Um. So with with that sorted out, the the group sort of um gets in, and as night starts to fall, the wind picks up. Um. Good thing that uh, DB is there because, um. You could start to feel as these, um, not chunks of ice, but as as the edge starts to fill up with, with snow, as more and more snow comes in with with sort of a blizzard. The the layers stack up, um, the, the, the chimney starts to get clogged, but uh, you're on top of it with, with a, a tight blast from the disruptor pistol. Um, just to keep it concerning, uh, cons um, conserving 
both the energy of the disruptor pistol and you know being able to breathe uh, as as the wind is able to pick up and take the smoke, the smoke from the from the little wood fire you you're able to 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 cobble together with the the wood and 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 with your uh, with your uh, phaser pistols um the the, the mic is quite loud but eventually you'll give me a um give me a fitness let's go fitness command see how well you can can go to sleep with the with the blizzard raging on outside car has one success got two successes okay everyone but Shurog is able to to make it to sleep um, it takes uh, Kara a bit longer than than the others, but um, everyone managed to get gets a good night's sleep, except for Chorog, who um, is apparently uh, uh, the noise is is, is um, well. Chorog, tell me why you can get to sleep with the, with the lizard as it is. Well, the combination of a little bit of the cold and not enough venom keeps Trog somewhat awake. Well, that's fine, because Trog will stay awake. He'll tend the fire, make sure everyone else manages to stay warm. He can go a couple of days without sleep. It'll be fine. Plus, you're probably the one who's been firing the the phaser up, in, up into the chimney. As John huddles up for sleep, he curls up um, in basically a perfect little defensive ball. I'm just all plate mail. Um, but he curls up around the gummy bears to keep them extra warm. So um, the night goes relatively calm um, inside your little bubble. Even though the wind and the, and the snow is outside, it's anything but. Um, by the morning, there is still wind. It's still snowing a little bit, but it wasn't um, anywhere near as, as, as um, rough as it was. The, the, the bundle of... All of uh, gummy bears that John has is 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 still warm and and um, not just that right temperature for chewing uh, as you set up and start to pick out. It's going to be a harder day than it was yesterday. Kara checks with John to see if she can have some gummy bears, and whether or not she can, I'm presuming she probably can. She's going to take her to chalk and start using it like an ice pick to get their way out of the shelter. If we're try if we're uh trying to leave the shelter, Daniel just tries to stand up out of the snow. Um it, it is um it is a bit of an effort to there is still like two or three feet of snow that's layered on top. Um that 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 you sort of have to dig your way through. You can't just sort of stand up. Um you, you try to do and your feet to slip even with um, even with the snow boots on, uh, snowshoes on, there's just not, not enough, um, you're not, not able to put enough force into the top to actually just, just remove the plug, but you're able to dig your way out and through, um, this time it's, even with your, um, the, the microfiber, with, with the, the coats that, that you had prepared, um, 
it is still even walking you're still starting to feel um still cold start to get through well it's a brisk morning isn't it she hugs her arms around herself and checks the package we'd better get going before this gets any worse does that have to stay warm or anything? If anything, I would think it would need to stay cold as medicine, but... Uh, you weren't given any instructions as to as to keeping it cold. Um, you just had to take it there. Um, there doesn't seem to be any... doesn't seem to be p- particularly fragile. It's just something you have to t- take to a destination and do so quickly. Call them that now. It's going to be the Saurian equivalent of a chocolate bar. Presuming there is nothing else anyone wants to take care of, car just starts marching. John's just marching through the snow, thoroughly enjoying the experience of being a snowplow. <laughs> All right. Um, John, give me an insight. Um, what could you, I'm trying to think what a good uh, discipline for navigation be. Con? Con. Yeah, I'd say con. Make it interesting, too, because he's not particularly good at both. <laughs> no successes. All right. So, John, you're making, uh, John makes his way through the device. It's uh, through the snow. It, it's, you, you, uh, it takes like, a, like 10 minutes or so for you to realize that, oh, things are starting to get a bit more um, variable. There's a bit of rocks here. There's a bit of that. There, you're not on a not on a um, properly smooth path anymore, and with the snow and the and the um, and, and just the general low visibility, you you you're starting to worry if if you're even going in the right direction. Should we start walking on top of the snow now? Well, if that's not a rhetorical question, you've got the snowshoes. You try. I thought we all had snowshoes. Nope. All I took was the coat. Oh, okay. Thought he mentioned. Uh, I, I thought. I thought they mentioned. He mentioned that all of us could take the gear we wanted. Okay. Just because they are available doesn't mean you took them. So as, as you tried as to uh, get on top of the of the snow, Daniel, you um, you sink in a little bit. Um, you, your weight is. A bit more than than what a normal person's would be with with the coat, but um, not enough for you for it to be a significant problem. Um, so you're able to look out on the snow. It's just hard to see where the path would be. Um, if you want to try and reorientate yourself or figure out, Cara, Cara reaches into a pocket and pulls out a. Pulls out her uh, tricorder and passes it up to Daniel. Use this. It's got a compass function. We just need to go south. Wait, I have an actual compass. Even easier. Use that. It's on my belt. Yeah, hold on. Also, can I see the sun? Um, give me a, a um, insight uh, science check. You can't directly see where the sun is, but maybe you'd be able to to just see enough of, of a change that you could tell where it is. Um, Daniel, you you look around. Um, you, you don't really see the sun. Uh, you, you think for a moment that you might see it, but um, 
but with all the clouds, with all the snow going around, it is really, really hard for you to, to, to fully clock. Um, the, the, the tricorder gets past you. Um, uh, it is set on a compass, so you know which direction you have to go. You're still too far out for a proper, this is your destination kind of getting a kind of read on where you, like, where you have to go, but at least you 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 know the rough the, the rough direction that you need to go in. Uh, I guess Daniel passes the tricorder back and just points in a generally south direction, and just says that away. Kara nods, passes the tricorder back to him, and says, "You'll need this so that we don't accidentally get off path." And then she gently pats John and says, "Follow the spaceman, dear." Or John salutes and follows the spaceman. He is having a, a very, very good day between his hammer, his armor, and following the spaceman. So, so for John, it, it's it's almost like swimming in the snow because he is uh, a dense, heavy thing um, with with the armor on. Um, so he can he can tell where he is, but. Uh, it, 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 it's, 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 it's not an easy walk for him. Um, it, it, it's not easy making his way through and keeping his eye on the spaceman. Well, good news is it's easier for everybody following John. Uh, to, uh, do, does Daniel notice John having trouble following? Uh, yes, you're, 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 you're close enough and it's, it's pretty obvious enough that you, you that you, you, you can notice. I was also going to ask that since Daniel was an astronaut, did he have any military training? Uh, is Dan, Daniel's background is like almost all just science. Like he was sent in, like he was sent into space because that was the most safe place to do like dangerous experiments on things. Okay, never mind. One of the big things they teach you quick in the military is that when you're in a convoy, keep track of the guy behind you. But Daniel wouldn't know that, having never had military training. That being said, uh, if uh, that being said, noticing that John is having a bit of trouble keeping track of where Daniel is above the snow line, Dan, uh, this situation kind of reminds Daniel of uh, an old song from back in the day, and he starts singing it out loud for John to hear to make it easier to follow. He's singing. Hey, Mr. Spaceman, won't you please take me along? Uh, and that, that song. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say stop there before we have to pay royalties. <laughs> uh, so, so with, with the singing, it is, it is um, John's, John's basically leaping his way through the snow uh, just to get to you. Um, and with that, it's, it's enough to, for him to not actually, to, to, um, to be more, was, be less active, in a way. I was, I was gonna say that with the singing, I mean, it, it's a neat idea. But John is wearing a plate metal medieval helmet. Is he gonna have directional hearing with that on? I mean, I don't know. He's a tardigrade, not a, not a person. He's just built different. Yeah, like exactly. tardigrades even have eyes per se. Yeah, they do. Tardigrades do have eyes. I think he, most do. He can hear through the mycelial network. <laughs> he can feel him through the not George Lucas force. <laughs> you 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 can you can feel the vibrations anyway. Let's put it that way. 
Um, so, so he, yes, you are you are able to make it through. Um, can I have another fitness check, please? Uh, fitness security from everyone. I have like when I make John adapt John's sheet to a um, character, I might give him a focus in snowplows. <laughs> I am rolling a lot of 20s tonight. One success, one complication. John gets two successes. One success. She doesn't have any applicable focuses for this adventure. He doesn't have any value set. His attributes are probably a few points below the average of players, especially where we've had a few advancements. Hey, I just lucked... I just gotta say, I just lucked into being able to do something useful, and then when it came to chopping the tree down, I had nothing for that. I just rolled well. Daniel's just having a good old romp on the snow, sitting along. What are we running? Uh, fitness security. Baz is going to do something evil to us. <laughs> Dog managed to follow, but just keeps falling flat on his face. And uh, Baskins aren't meant to trudge in the snow. The storm changes once again into. In this time, it's it's uh, a light becomes a lightning storm as as. Lightning starts to hit the hit hit the ground. Um, loud echoes move and shake. The snow becomes more perilous. More, you know, like things just become that little less stable. Trying to navigate your way through um, what could be there one moment and what what might not be there the next. Also, uh, you've got a pretty um, lightning attractive tardigrade right now. Yeah, I was worrying about that. Under snow, wonderful. John, we may need to leave your armor behind unless you like being part of the Holodex electrical circuit. John has a long, long thought. Kobe, Dad, I don't, I don't want to leave my armor. My armor. He hugs it. I mean, you're. You're a grown tardigrade. You can make your own decisions. And I think the safeties are on. I'm just warning you, there could be unpleasantness. John nods and then proceeds ahead, holding his hammer aloft. Oh, God. Can oh tardigrades <laughs> even experience cardiac arrest? I mean, mycelial lightning's been a you know, big thing in Star-, Star Trek Online for, like, mycelial network powers. He can probably handle a really big jolt. Um... I, I wonder if he's trying to, like, make, like, sort of a Faraday cage around him out of the armor. And then using the hammer to basically keep it away from other people. Also, John he'll... is Thor confirmed. Yes, John is also trying to become Thor. <laughs> Kara... Because he is the god of hammers. Kara does some mental calculations, figuring out exactly how far back from John people need to stand just in case. Okay, give me a reason science, and uh, John, give me, let's go, uh, what would it be? Let's, no successes somehow. Let's, let's presence, um, presence science. Let's do that. Eli is also trying to gather the information Kara was seeing the same thing, so. Alright, do another reason science. Yep, so John gets a success. Alright, so so as long as you're um I'm gonna use American things here because all you Americans. Uh ten foot uh back from John, it shouldn't be an issue. 
um, with the hammer aloft and, and with his armor, it's it's all going to go to him and then go down to the ground. And as long as you you're with, you're not too close, then it shouldn't then then you're not going to be affected. Daniel has switched to singing Thunderstruck. Eli relays this information. Just, just stay ten feet back. I have to say this out of character since Carl wouldn't know it, but at least it's not Shock the Monkey. What? Shock is the Monkey is, is an Ozzy Osbourne song. I thought, I thought Shock the Monkey was Peter Gabriel. Actually, it could also be AC. Let me look it up. I've never heard, like, I love Ozzy Osbourne, so if it is him, shit. But I've never heard of that song. Well, you are right. It's Peter Gabriel. I'm sorry. Let's take this moment as an opportunity to take a quick break, as it, as it is um, uh, just uh, just just over an hour for the recording. So let's take a break, and we will continue on later on in a moment. It'll be right in a moment. All right, everyone. We're back to it now after a quick break. Um, the storm is. Turning uh, electrical as uh, Johnny's there with his hammer over his head, and people are staying three meters away from him or ten feet. So now, uh, small progress as 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 uh, the group slowly goes moves forward. There is a lightning strike that comes down, just in front, hitting a tree in front of them. Uh, as the tree explodes at the moment, no one gets hit, but uh, it's only just a matter of time. Uh, does anyone want to say or do something before we move on? Uh, nope, John's just doing his hammer bit. All right, so as uh, as we move on forward, another lightning strike comes down, and another... It does... On the third strike, John does get hit. Um... Lightning strikes the hammer, goes down, sort of arcs all around the the heavy armor and, and dissipates into the snow, leaving a, a puff of steam and and electricity. John, being fully covered, is unharmed. John, at that point, uh, looks up into the sky and calls out, That's the best you got! Next time, bring it your A game. John, please don't. Eli says. Kara's just pinching the bridge of her nose and just still following. So more lightning strikes and more progress is made. Another one strikes John. Does John actually want to try and do anything with it, or does he want to uh, just let it run out? No, he's he's not gonna try like flinging the lightning. He's just going to uh, keep absorbing the hits. Okay. Eventually, the, the the storm does sort of fade back as as the clouds sort of start uh, giving way to to a clear sky. Uh, the 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 pad starts to uh, beep again with with a, with uh, the name of Frosthaven appearing um it is it is uh you've wandered a bit too far west but um there is a clear clear way to Frosthaven. you can see just a little um uh, smoke starting to rise from the distance 
um, with the, the clear, calm skies sort of arriving. The question is, Kara, will you make it before night? Kara does take the moment to get her tricorder back from Daniel and puts it in her pocket. And she looks at him and says, See, if we hadn't kept using this, we might be even further west. Can't trust your own sense of direction. Actually, out of character, that's a very good thing, kids. Don't trust your sense of direction in the woods. You'll end up walking in circles. Is this thing on? Yeah, uh, it is, it is. John's just being a lightning magnet right now. Well, um, yes, and um, by the way, uh, I was actually reminded of something by Trurog. Um How's your water and food been doing? How have you been, um, been doing that? I don't remember if anyone brought any... Gummy bears. Well, we have gummy ah. bears, but what about water? Oh, so uh, put, put some snow in your canteen, let it melt. Gummy bears are, are gummy. Gummy means, like, you know, it's, it, it's got a high water content. Yeah, but yeah. You, just, you need to yeah, use need water to process the glucose, so it's, it's not water positive. At some point, a lot... Just eating snow. We should do... I think we should stop for a minute, maybe get some uh, hydration going here. Trudging through all the snow is bound to dry us out. As they're walking along, Kara basically doesn't stop, but she looks over at John and asks him for the bag of gunny bears. She takes the bag, turns out the bag into one of the pockets on her coat, leaving her with an empty plastic bag, fills the plastic bag with snow, and then sticks that in her pocket to, uh, with the top twisted up so that it can thaw out and they'll have water to share, and then she can just do that again and again and again. John eats a handful of snow. Or you can do that if you want to trade your body heat directly for hydration. Eli also takes a handful of snow. <laughs> I'm pretty well insulated, so I just do that too. <laughs> snow might be warming John up. <laughs> so is hesitant to just take a handful of snow because who knows what did what in that snow. Snow yeah. just fell last night. I mean, the other thing you guys could do, speaking out of character, is like have some kind of like metal vessel on John. Oh, actually, it's just going to get boiled to steam. I was going to say you could try melting the snow when lightning keeps striking John, but yeah, that might be a little too much energy. Yeah, we could use his helmet as a metal vessel for melting snow. We could. Eh, I I'm proud of my MacGyver solution. <laughs> yeah, I think that's sufficient. We have the cameras on. The cameras on you, just meticulously packaging snow to carefully turn into water, and then the camera pans over to all of us, just shoveling snow in our mouths. <laughs> I think Eli said he was putting it in his canteen. So there's two of us being no, smart. I was, I was putting it in my mouth. I just said, hand "Oh right, God." It's not in my belt. I, I got a, I got a mini skillet. I got some little scissors. I got a compass. Some other stuff. I mean, Skillet you can do some stuff with. Yeah, but it's like, you won't even hold the full egg. Mm. It is a mini skillet. Not useful in combat. But, but with, 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 with judicious use of phases and disruptors, well truly enough to, to boil um, and melt water, to make, uh, make drinkable water instead of snow, and... Um, the sun is actually now um, just just sort of like one o'clock, I'd say. Um, sort of like that, that kind of position. Um, 
and you've still at least got a few good hours of travelling, um, even at full pace. So can I get everyone to do one more fitness uh, security or fitness? I'll do allow fitness science as well. I actually rolled well this one success. Time. Two successes. Fitness science. Everyone does really well. It's 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 uh, with two successes each. It's it's. I'm. I wanted to use some momentum since no one's okay. done that, so I'm really. Yeah. Oh, uh, you, you might want to save that for Daniel. We've I mean, got we've got four, plenty of momentum, so both of you yeah. can roll, uh, re-roll one dice if you want to re-roll uh, using momentum. Now the question is, if I do that. Do I want to re-roll to try and get two complications, or get rid of my current complication? <laughs> get rid of your current complication. Okay. Do the, that. Do that thing. Yes. Fine. I'll get One rid of a complication. Wait. How do I specify the number of dice? Um. If you do the R command, it's the second number. So you do like R, and then your target, which is fourteen. So it's slash R space fourteen space one. Right. Well, that brings us up to everybody having at least one success. With everyone Yay. getting at least one and a good number of you getting three, two, um, you, you make it uh, just as the sun starts to fall. Um, uh, just the last 30 minutes of, of good sunlight um, as you approach Frosthaven. Um, with, with the village in sight and, and, and the... the um, Location coming up on your pad, it, it's easy to do. And um, as as you arrive, you're met with um, by a number of uh, two two um, two male souls. Uh, one um, one younger, the another one who is would be you know like um, in the old elder category sort of man. The younger younger one just sort of says. Thank you, as as he just, we'll, we'll get this to them immediately, and just sort of takes a box and, and and sort of runs runs off quickly through the middle of town, uh, much faster than um, you could have. And the elder who stays there goes, well, welcome. You have been rather rather quick. Thank you for your timely response. Uh, starting to really get touch and go there, but with this medicine that you've provided, it should be, um, he should be able to make a full recovery. Please come be my guest and we'll have, surely you'll um, need some food and water. That's the best thing I've heard all day. Thank you. Um, That'd be great, um, greatly appreciated. And with that, you're led to, to a... Um, to to what looks like a sort of town hall sort of area, a large, large feast area. Um, it, it is cozy. It's warm. It's it's um, homely. You feel it, it, just getting there. You just feel feel the cold sort of falling away uh, from you um, as you approach the the the, the energy of your. Um, all the energy that you you you've, you you've expended in moving through the snow and moving through the the ice has kept you warm enough, but with with a true source of heat, with a true source of warmth, 
that just sort of all fades away from you as 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 uh, as water just sort of melting off you and uh there's it takes a a little bit longer but uh, food start to bring out some 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 meat some uh vegetables some um some cakes even as as, as as more people sort of come to to meet you up Kara spent the time going over in her mind the successes and failures of the mission. Considering the lack of equipment that she brought along, things had gone reasonably well, but in an environment this severe, long-term survival was probably not likely. And, and with, with a, a warming sensation, with, with all the food, with all the company coming around... Uh, you're getting many people thanking you. You're getting many people sort of um, just sort of coming up and, and talking to you. But eventually the um, the, the program just sort of ends as, as people start to tr- trickle away and, and the food that was on the plates has is, is all, is all been eaten. And, and um, it's just the party, you guys all we all in this quiet room as, as um Rick Tear sort of in, in his full in in engineer out in his uh, uniform comes away. So uh congratulations on um completing this test. You you've been satisfactorily completed training at least. I do do we do have some notes um on you, you you didn't have you, you didn't have some form of proper shelter that was available throughout there, but you were able to to make together uh, put a, a temporary shelter, uh, which was which was um, which was very important, but a, a longer term like mobile such as a tent or or some kind of of um, of permanent of permanent yet mobile shelter would have been would have been very helpful um so uh, apart from that uh please uh from your experiences here tell me um how did you think you go where where could have you improved Kara is basically just pacing back back and forth and she says if this had been an actual shuttle crash we might have had more material supply kits from the shuttle emergency rations. So I chose to take this exercise as a idea of simply being stranded by a bad beam out. Um, as far as what could have been done better, hard to say. We were placed with an outside objective other than survival. Had survival been the full goal, then it probably would have been easier and that we would not have had to subject ourselves to quite such extremes. Sometimes you need to get to a location, and the the way to get there is is fraught with dangers. Sometimes you just need to stay still. Sometimes acknowledged. You need to push yourself beyond anything you've ever tried to do. It could have been the path to unnecessary beam outside, for instance, with a limited window of extraction. It could just be a meeting up with the intended destination but uh yes we you are um there are many many things that can go wrong sometimes they're expected sometimes not which is why we had a little bit of a 
randomness to the situation. It could have could have gone up into the mountains, could have gone into the forest, could have gone into a much more um, up and down with only the, the, the immediate area being clear. But you, you went went through the the path. It had a clear destination, a clear way ahead. You could see the situations you were in and you dealt with those situations being fully cognizant of what you were facing at that time well. John raises a hand. Yes, John? I, I think I could have used like a rope and, you know, some like harnessy stuff. So like if someone fell, I could drag them. And also, so like, um, someone, like someone could lead me and not get struck by lightning. You know, I kind of, I hate to point this out out of character, but Daniel is right now standing over there with ice picks and ropes on him because he had actually specifically asked about that before leaving. Yes. <laughs> and no one offered John the rope. <laughs> we cut down a tree. We could have made a sled. To be honest, I forgot he took those until just now. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of waiting for a moment when we would actually like need them. We could have used the bark from the tree as a makeshift sled as well. I mean, if if you were going up into the mountains, you would have definitely needed someone with with climbing gear, ropes, and um, harnesses. Um, with the snow, it probably as it was, it would have been just I guess helpful just to be able to make sure that no one was left behind. John nods. Well, uh, you you have passed. There, there's always more to that we can improve with everything. Uh, with, with, with these tasks. Um, Kara just shrugs. I increased the difficulty by my own willingness. Presumably, had we had the standard survival kits on shuttles, this would have been actually fairly simple. Daniel raises his hand. Yes, Daniel? Um, sir, uh, wouldn't a tent have actually been not very... Uh, not, uh, not the best choice for the pet for the terrain we were sent on there wouldn't have been any good anchor points to tie it down in the deep snow and the strong winds would have made it unstable i i i feel like making shelter out of our surroundings for that particular path was probably the better option there, there's always things around um ways around um more uh, let's see, volatile nature of tents, um, wind also, was definitely was definitely an issue that uh, the tents would would have suffered with, um, and you, the, you had you had the plenty of wood, you had the snow um, that you could use to to direct and, and cover. Um, and if if the snow were to somehow melt or to get away, you would have have a way you do you would have covering even though um things you're making your cover out of would have gone away for this but also sorry, I thought you were done talking yeah, sorry. no go for it uh, I was just tightening things up uh, changing it up I was just gonna say, well also wouldn't it it would have also been how would we have avoided it being crushed under the snow that fell that night? How it would you? How would you um, prevented your your current uh, what you used from collapsing under the weight of the new stove? 
It was made of snow. It was already stable. But new weight always adds new pressures. We could have used thicker branches to make makeshift supports to hold the ship, to hold the roof up. Also, the warmth from inside might have partially melted the snow closest to us, forming a sheet of ice, a sort of shell. Also, we could have found if we could have found some stones, we could have used that as a heat source as well, instead of an actual open fire. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Uh, happened once with Captain Lorca. Yeah, you, you had phaser. All you do is a phaser on low power to use it to heat the rock and uh, make a nice heat source that's not an open flame. The important thing is that you use your resources and made through the the situation. Um, that is that that is the essence of survival. Sometimes things are more shall I, shall I say it more um, nicer than other options. But the, the 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 question here is survival, not luxury. So if if um, as you saw, what you had was quite quite successful. It was it was successful in the limited scope of what you had. The old saying: any landing you can walk away from is a good landing. And if you can use the plane again the next day, then it's a great landing. All right. Uh, if there is uh, anything else, um, we've uh, about exceeded the time for the for the holodeck usage. So, um, if there's anything else, John raises um, his hand. John, do I get to keep the hammer? Yeah, uh, I guess that would be up to the acting captain. Keep the hammer. John hugs Eli. Uh, John's got a small armory growing yeah. in his quarters. <laughs> so does John still have the um, the plate armor on? Yes, it was replicated, so he's also keeping that too. Okay, so so and then in his it... quarters, he's got a batleth and a Klingon uniform, and yeah, his his are like he's increasingly growing an armory. Eli receives a small shock from the hug. <laughs> Residual shock. <laughs> I have two questions. One, what were what were you, what were we even delivering? I don't think that was ever clarified. Uh, it, it was, I believe, uh, it was stated in the earlier was uh, medicine. Medicine. Okay, I I might have been away from that. Question two. Question two. What was the feast part really necessary? Well, not really, but it was helpful to get you all back to normal operating temperature. We did. Uh, there was some uh, fiddling with the, the safeties to allow you to get, well, near at least hypothermia, and we wanted to, to uh, remove that. Look at it this way, Captain. Did you want to debrief in the cold? Yes, I like being cold. You don't understand. I keep my quarters at like 60 degrees. Yes, well, you also came back to life after death, so maybe you're not the most normal person to compare ourselves to. And, uh... Um, Ged was um, monitoring your your core temperatures, uh, and uh, things were stable. But uh... <laughs> yeah, uh, they can handle a little bit more, a little bit more. Oh, sir, what about Eli's? Yeah, you can handle it. In fact, just turn the safeties off on him. I'm so cold, I sneezed icicles. I, for one, enjoyed regaling the tales of our treacherous journey to the townsfolk amidst the revelry. I feel like the mead didn't hit as hard as Grimnir's does. No, it didn't. And nowhere near as hard as the venom. Well, uh, then I guess that will be uh, 
the end of our little adventure. Uh, please. Um, so this was winter survival training. When do we do desert and jungle? Oh, the we, there are already plans in place. Oh, okay, good. Ooh, nice and warm. I love the warm. Next Kara time just glares at Eli. Next time it'll be spontaneous, uh, practical survival training, a.k.a. they'll crash us in a shuttle on purpose onto an actual planet. <laughs> Ironically, we might have more supplies then. Actual Federation stuff. You'd be surprised what I could do with a wreck shuttle. Yeah, not to mention the engineering and salvage possibilities of the shuttle itself. Yes. You could probably just get the shuttle working again. Uh, not if John has his hammer. He's going to just keep whacking it. <laughs> it's part of the survival training. Uh, Rick, gives him, Rick gives him specific orders. Now, hit this computer console really hard. Get a piece of candy. It's percussive maintenance. It'll st like John hits it with his hammer, and the, suddenly the console is working at 300%. Uh, that, that's pirate maintenance. 